Glory be to God in the highest. Welcome back to Heaven's Warning Ministry audio podcast. This is Ajibala Gundari to the strangers scattered throughout the whole world. Elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Yes, yes, yes. It is good to have us here to listen to the message that we have for this audio. If you don't know what sin is, you cannot hate it. So what is sin? That is the subject or the title of this audio podcast. You're welcome. And to remind us of what this ministry is dedicated or committed to do uh, the ministry is dedicated in sharing true principles from or from only the pillars of the christian faith the ministry is dedicated in giving truth only truth from from the foundation and the pillars of the christian faith and also to share health principles the laws of health to keep us healthy especially in these last days that we may be able to comprehend the truth so going straight to the audio podcast message if you don't know what sin is you cannot hit it so what is sin you know most of the time when we follow the lord it is hard to give up the things we like that God doesn't like. Does that make sense? We actually find it difficult to give up our carnality. What is against God, it's, it's very hard to give them up. And, and this message is to help us to learn to give up the things that we like that is not approved of God. Now, you see, the the simplest way to perfectly hate sin, are you following? The simplest way to perfectly hate sin is to learn to hate the things we like, which God does not like. That's, That's the perfect way to hate sin. It is to learn to hate it, those things that are contrary to God's principles. It is... It is to learn how to hate it. Then once we hate it, then we can give them up. That, that, is, that, is, the, that, is, that is a more natural, gentle and easier way to give up the things we like, that God does not like. It is to learn to hate them. Then once we hate them, then we can forsake them. You know, you know one of the things that the truth does that comes from God? The truth that comes from God commonly always spoils the fun. You know, the truth from, from the Bible, from, from God, is always spoiling the fun. Uh, that is always the case with a carnal mind. That is what a carnal mind will say. Oh, you know, the truth is always spoiling the fun. You know, I want to do this, but... God does not approve it. 
just an example of the, the, the rich young ruler when he, he came to Jesus Christ and was asking Jesus how can I get eternal life and Jesus responded by telling him to sell all that he has or all that he has yes all that he has Jesus told him to sell all then he would be perfect and he went away sorrowfully because the will of God was against his nature was against his tendencies it was against his dispositions so the truth is always spoiling the phone you know many of us actually go away after seeing God's will with sorrow because it reveals how evil and how dirty we are and we need to understand that as human beings we have come short of the glory of God seeing life in us we need to understand that sin dwells in us and it can only be subdued by the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it is also good to understand that there are two major driving emotions or feelings in our lives. There are two major driving emotions in our lives and one is love. The second is hatred. These are two strong emotions uh, that are driving our lives. And once we get to know how to use these two emotions in the Christian journey, we'll be able to be sound, we'll be morally sound, and then we'll be able to be fitted for present duties. You know, love and hate they both have a power to get us doing things. And concerning love and hatred, every time we are done with this message, you should love righteousness and hate sin. That is the point. Now, Christ is the perfect example. Christ perfectly hated sin his character was not stained his character revealed a perfect hatred of sin let's see Revelation chapter 3 verse 21 the life of Christ reveals perfect hatred of sin so what did Christ have that helped him to keep his character pure what did Christ have that helped him to keep his character pure let's 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 see let's see that in revelation chapter 3 verse 21 it says to him that overcometh will i grant to sit with me in my throne even as i also overcame and i'm set down with my father in his throne So we see here that Jesus, when he came in the flesh, when he dwelt among men, when he came first advent, he overcame sin. He had perfect hatred for sin. And so Jesus here in Revelation is telling us that to him that overcometh will I grant to sit 
It's me and my son. Because Jesus overcame. Jesus perfectly hated, hated sin. So what do we need then? What do we need? We need to have perfect hatred for sin. And uh, as we go on, as we move on forward, we would actually look into what sin is. Just roll with me. Come with me. Let's, let's go. Let's journey together. Now, the question is that, do we have sin? Yes, of course, we have sin. Sin dwelleth, dwelleth in us as human beings. Do we like it? These are the questions we should ask ourselves. Now, another point is, what do you do if someone points out your wrong? Do you hate the wrong pointed out or do you hate the person that corrected you? Because most of the times when, when people point out our wrong, we, we, we tend to hate the person instead of hating the wrong. An example, uh, we can find an example in the Bible in Second Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. When Paul was rebuking the church at Corinth. In Second Corinthians chapter 7, Second Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 to 11. Second Corinthians 7, 8 to 11 says, Second Corinthians 7, verses 8 to 11 says, when Paul wrote to the church at Corinth when he was rebuking them, he says, For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. So, Paul here, he understood that as a gospel worker, you have to offend some people. Uh, when you are rebuking the people, it's 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 painful it's 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 not like you enjoy what you're doing but you have to make sin known and when you are making sin known to the people when you're pointing out their wrongs which is your duty to do as a watchman you tend to offend the people so, so paul was here that for though i made you sorry with a letter i do not repent though i did repent for I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry. So the, the, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth made the people sorry because it was a rebuke. Though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice that ye were made sorry. That, that's the point. Godly sorrow. The point is when, uh, when, when the wrong is pointed out, we need not hate the we need not hate the, 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 the preacher or the gospel worker who pointed out our wrongs, but we should sit back, see the light of the correction and choose to change. That is the point. And Paul is saying in verse nine, and now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed. 
that ye sorrow to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. Verse 10, For godly sorrow walketh repentance. For what? For godly sorrow walketh repentance. To salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world walketh death. Uh, you know, when, when we look at this, you know, this is powerful. Verse 11 says, For behold these self same things that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge, in all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. So, the, the rebuke that Paul gave to the church at Corinth made the people to be sorry. To sorrow after a godly sort. That, 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 that wrought in them carefulness. That wrought in them clearing of themselves. That wrought in them indignation. That wrought in them fear. That wrought in them vehement desire. That wrought in them zeal. Rotting in them revenge. Very powerful. It is good not to hate the result of sin, but to hate the sin itself. I would explain that as we move on. So the rebuke that, that, that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth was to make them sorry, to, 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 to be sorrowful after a godly sort. To be able to see the wrong in what they are doing and to reform. You know, it is not nice to be a gospel worker. I repeat this again. Because one of your work is to reveal what's, what is wrong. Sin has to be called by its right name. You need to receive someone wrong. You need to warn the person, this is what you are doing. Now, to have perfect hatred for sin, you need, you need to admit what sin is. What you don't admit, like what you don't know, you cannot hate it or like it. So, to have perfect, clean hatred for sin, you need to admit what sin is. Identifying that sin is a sin. If there is no faithful revealing of sin, there can be no true change. Now, there are differences between hating the result of sin and hating sin itself. Now, let me explain that. Now, hating the result of sin is when you are seeing the result of sin. It is self-explanatory. Okay, for an example, when, for an example, if someone kills someone or, or someone murders someone, the result is that the person that he killed is dead. No, nobody likes to see anybody dead, right? Nobody likes to see blood stains and somebody dead on the floor. That's the result of sin. The result of sin is death, right? Or, or, or the person killing is other brother. The result is that he killed the person, 
no one likes to see that because it, 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 it's wrong. But hating the sin itself is murder or murdering or killing. That is the sin itself. Because it is actually the sin itself that propels or that births the result of the sin. So what most of us do or what most of us uh, work out is to hate the result of sin. That is not a godly sorrow. That is a worldly sorrow. To hate the sin itself, that is it. That you are, you are, you are hitting the root. The sin itself produces the result. That is what we have to hate, not the result of sin. Now, we have three great temptations which, which Christ also was tempted with as human beings. The first one is appetite. The second is lust of the flesh. The third is pride of life. These are the three great temptations that each and every one of us faces in our daily lives. Appetite, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Now, the point is, do we hate these things in their sin form? Or we hate the result? Now, I'll give an example. Okay, let's say, uh, let me use a dog. Let me use a dog for an example. Uh, if a dog pulls on the floor and goes back to the pool and eats it, and, and then he, he, he feels sorry for doing that, for eating his pool, and then, you know, after going through the pain, he, he, he pours out his pool again and then he goes back to eat it. Uh, does that show shows that the dog hates what he's doing? Does it show that the dog perfectly hates or, or perfectly sorrows for going back to the pool and eating it again over and over again? No, that's not perfect hatred for, for, for the activity that the dog is doing. Let me give another example. Uh, let's say, you know, the Bible, the Bible condemns gluttony. The Bible condemns eating in excess. Okay, let's say you have a plate of soup. And, and then you ate and, and then you felt you were guilty that you ate in excess. And you hated yourself like, oh no, why did I do that? Why, why did I do that? Oh Lord, please have mercy upon me. And then the second day you continue with that. You have a plate of soup and you ate in excess. And then you, 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 you hated the scene. And again, it keeps repeating itself, keeps repeating. Does that show that you perfectly hate it? It does not even show that you are forsaking the scene. So the point is that do we hate these sins in their sin form or we just hate the result? Because hating the result is, is not perfectly hating sin, but hating the sin itself. Perfect hatred for sin works repentance. So now, what is sin? What is, what is sin itself? What does sin mean? What does sin? What does it mean to transgress? What does it mean to sin? 
Let's go to First John chapter three verse four. First John chapter three verse four defines sin for us. First John chapter three verse four says, "Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law." So, what law is this Bible text talking about? This the law that this Bible text is talking about is the law of God. The Ten Commandments. Loving God with all of our heart and loving our neighbors ourselves. The Ten Commandments. So when we transgress the Ten Commandments, that is sin. And our next gospel messages, we are going to be looking at each sin, explaining each one what it means to steal, what it means not to steal. What it means to commit adultery, what it means not to commit adultery, what it means to bear false witness, what it means not to bear false witness. We're going to look at each law in the nearest future in our next gospel message. To help us to understand what sin really is. So that's what sin is. Sin is the breaking of God's law. And in order for us to hate sin, we must love the law of God. So now where can we get perfect hatred for sin? We can get perfect hatred for sin from God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. The first promise of God. The first promise of God. Is in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. It says. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. God says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. So God is the one to put enmity or hatred for sin in us. We cannot manufacture it. We cannot make it with our own strength. There is, we, 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 there is nothing good in us. We cannot, we cannot bring forth that which is good. We cannot bring good fruit from us. It is God that would fuel us with love. It is God that will fuel us with hatred for sin. So where can we get this perfect hatred? It's from God. It's God that will put enmity, enmity in us to perfectly hate sin. You know, we cannot serve two masters. It is not possible. It is either we, we, we love one and hate the other. Let, 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 let's see what... We cannot stand in the middle ground. Let, let, let's see what Luke chapter 16 verse 13 says. We cannot serve two masters. He says, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. So it is either we perfectly hate sin or we perfectly love it. We cannot serve two masters. And the perfect example, the perfect example to behold is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came in the flesh to condemn sin. God came in the flesh to condemn sin in this flesh 
Christ overcame and Christ was tempted in all point as we are and is right now at the throne at the right hand the throne of his father let's see one of the, the experiences that Jesus went through when he was in the flesh when he came in he, when he came in the human flesh Hebrews chapter 5 verses 7 to 9 how Jesus overcame sin verse 7 we in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared so in order for Jesus to overcome sin he offered up prayers supplications with strong crying this is not a joke here and tears unto him God that was able to save him from death I was heard in that he feared verse 9 verse 8 though he were his son yet learned the obedience by the things which he suffered Christ suffered Verse 9, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. Christ lived a life of obedience unto death, and that is the major call. So as we hate sin, as we perfectly hate sin, as God gives the ability, because we cannot hate sin in our carnality, in our, in our sinful nature, there is no way we can hate sin. Perfect hatred, sin is a gift from God that God giveth. In order for us to stay right. So in order for us to overcome, we need to be in prayers. We need to offer up prayers and supplications with strong, not just crying, with a strong crying and tears. Unto him that was able to save. Unto God. I hope this message has been able to encourage us on how to hate sin. In order for us to hate sin, we must admit what it is. And we have seen that sin is the transgression of the Ten Commandments. When you break any of the Ten Commandments, you have sinned. I pray that the Lord will continually help us. God be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen.